Welcome to the Epiphany Movement Podcast. To learn more about the Epiphany Movement, visit us online at epiphanymovement.com. Thank you for tuning in, and we hope you enjoyed today's talk from Pastor Drake Nelson. I'm in a little bit of a pickle this morning because, um, well, A, I have the Warriors playing at 2.30 for a spot in the play-ins, and if they get into the playoffs, then um, then if they lose, if they win, they get into the playoffs. If they lose, then they have to go and, and play another game. If they win that, then they're out. If they, so Warriors are playing at 2.30, and then Jordan Spieth, he's off this afternoon at 2.30. With a three, he's three shots back of the lead at AT&T, so I thought, well, what am I going to watch? And more importantly, where am I going to wear? And so I said, I'm going to wear my golf shirt, you know, to sport Jordan, and then I'm going to wear my Currys. Boom. I mean, that's, that, that, most preachers don't show up in Currys, but I guess here we go. I can do all things. I had to make it biblical. Um, Steph Curry wrote, I can do all things through Christ. Well, actually, he just wrote, let me look. I can do all things, dot, 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 dot. So uh, we're, we're rolling with it this morning, but let's get started with a word of prayer, and uh, then we'll get started with our sermon. Um, God, we pray for just this moment. Um, God, I pray for me just in these next couple of minutes, God. I just pray that you would do something that only really you could do. Um, pray that you would just speak through me, give me the the words to say, um, and if you would, just pray for me, that I would be helpful to you, that God would use me, God, we pray for all the distractions, and maybe just in our minds, and in our hearts, God, we pray that those would be, be lifted, and that we'd have the eyes to see, and the ears to hear what it is you have for us this morning, God, we pray for all the farmers, and we pray for... Uh, I guess just really today, and the, even the crawfish boil this evening, that it'll all go well, God. And in your name we pray. We pray for all these things. Amen and amen. So I have an amazing black lab. I love my little dog. His name is Ben. He's about this tall. He's probably about 70 maybe pounds. Really small for a lab. But I love him. If you know him, you probably love him too because he's just like a people person. <laughs> he just loves people. But y'all, I got him for a graduation gift from Mississippi College. He's about three years old. He's a duck dog. But y'all, this dog loves a water puddle. And it makes us so mad because me and me and Kat were like, okay, Ben, don't go. There's one specifically down there on the other side of the road that he just loves to bathe in, and then there's one back here. We're like, all right, don't. We even bought a shot collar for him. Don't go in this water puddle. And so he sees me and Kat, and he's just, <laughs> and then he's, he's fine. But as soon as we turn our heads, there he goes, through the shot collar, doesn't even bother him, like not even a wink, straight to the water puddle, all wet, all muddy, then he comes in the house, and does he shake off outside? No, thank you, Miss Linda Kay, absolutely not. He comes in the house, we leave the door open on accident, boom, he's there, does his little shake off, me and Kat are soaking wet, and we're like, 
this is your dog, honey. That's what I tell her all the time. Get Handle your dog. She's like, no, 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 no. It's only my dog when he's good. This is your dog when he's bad. Have you ever had that with children? This is your son. You know, this is your... No, no, no. He's being bad. This is yours. And sometimes sin can be like that in our life. It can. Today's message is called a spiral of sin. And we can oftentimes be like, be like Ben, where we like... Okay, I'm fine, I'm fine, I'm fine. Everything's okay. And as soon as mommy and daddy turn their head, straight to the water puddle. And that same type of drawing that draws a Labrador to a water puddle or a snake to a hole or raccoons to a garbage is that same type of drawing that we have towards sin. And the title of today's message is called The Spiral of Sin. Do you know what I'm talking about when I say the spiral of sin? Here's what I'm talking about. In our lives, it typically goes something like this, right? It goes sin, temptation to sin, sin to shame, shame to a promise of God, promise of God broken, shame builds, spiral grows. And then where does it go from there? Well, it just goes right back up to the top. Temptation to sin, sin to shame, shame to a promise of God. God, I promise you I will never do this again. Promise is then broken. Shame builds, spiral grows. And where does it go from there? Oh, back up to the top. Temptation, sin, sin to shame, and so on and so forth. But I've realized that where does that end up? This is a really like, you've got to be paying attention this morning because I'm, I'm going to be speaking kind of fast and, and really deep if you, if you, if you can... Where does that end up? It ends up in hopelessness. It ends up in hopelessness. I've seen it about 15 loops in. Here's what will happen. is that a lot of people, when they end up at hopelessness, they will say, I'm done. <laughs> I'm, I'm backed out on the Christian faith. But a lot of people actually stay in the spiral, and they live lives of defeat. And they say to themselves oftentimes, I will never defeat this lie, this sin, this whatever in my life. I will just live defeated lives. I mean, does anybody know what I'm talking about? Is everybody just like, we're all just perfect? Okay, I know you are, but me, I guess, in my life. I have found that this spiral, this spiral of sin. So we want to ask really the question, like, how in the world will we conquer this sin? How, 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 will, we, how will we stop it? And... I guess one of the things that we can like run to and alternate from is this type of idea right here, is that sometimes sin, um, I'll give you this example. Um, last night, I, I, was, I, I was playing um, softball, and I think we need to rethink this whole softball thing because I was, okay, A, I struck out in slow-pitch softball. I know. How do you even strike out in slow-pitch? Like, oh, man, he throws a wicked 12-foot arc. You know, it's right, like, right there. And I struck. But B, I went to put my socks on this morning. I'm not going to say, you know, I'm out of shape or nothing, but, I mean, rounds of shape too, so I guess that's cool. But I was, my back was hurting. My ankles was hurting. I was like, my goodness, cat. I mean, we were pat. It was literally like me and all my friends. We were passing ibuprofen right down the bench. Like, here, I take some. Now you take some. You take some. But fighting sin can sometimes become, like, exhausting. 
I remember when we first started dating for the first, we, we dated for about three years before we got married, and our biggest sin that we tried to fight, it was um, sexual sin. And we like always would see the door. The door was always there. And so we tried our very best to like, okay, we're going to stay away from that. We're going to stay, we're going to do our best. To, I mean, we would talk about it at night. How, what bridges can we build so we don't go over there? What can we do? We would talk about this all the time. How can we stay away from this temptation? I remember one night I just told her, I said, Kat, we've been fighting this thing for like two years now. I am exhausted just exhausted from always trying to fight this temptation. But have you, have you ever been there where you're trying to fight a temptation? And it's like, I, I need a break. I'll give you another example. Um, you know, a lot of people that, that sin can be like quicksand sometimes, that 90% of people that get stuck in quicksand, they don't die from running out of oxygen. You know what they die from, Miss Melanie? They die from, they die, they die from exhaustion. They don't die from like running out of ox- oxygen and going under the sand because an average human from the weight of like 175 to 200 pounds, it takes them a week to sink in quicksand. Did you know that? It's not like the movies. Are, psh, it takes them a week. And 90% of people who get stuck in quicksand die from either exhaustion, trying to get out, get out, get out, and have a heart attack, or another thing is from dehydration, a lack of water. I think sometimes we're like we get stuck into this sin. We're trying to get out, get out, get out, get out, and you know sin has been defeated, and Jesus has won victory in us. But it's like, man, we're just dying in exhaustion. Then we get stuck in this spiral of sin, and we asking God, like, what now? I am hopeless. I am exhausted. I've been fighting this thing for sixty-one years, and you would think I'd have a hold on it. But really, it has a hold on me, and it is on my throat, Drake. How do I get out of this? My grandmother struggled with this. I struggle with this. This is just the way it is. And Jesus all along is saying, that's not just the way it is. I did not come and conquer hell, death, the grave, so you could just learn to deal with it and think, well, this is just the way it is. No, I come so that you may have life and have it abundantly. This is what Jesus is saying to us. And we are thinking a lot of times, aren't we? Well, this is just my second nature. That's what people would tell me and Kat. It's just your second nature. Just, I'll say, no. It may be the second nature, second nature, and it may be even be the sinful nature, but that is not the Spirit's nature. And that is not God's nature. And He is calling us to more. And so what happens when we get stuck in this loop? I think it starts with our thoughts. I think it starts with our thoughts. Y'all got some bad news. <laughs> I got some really bad news. Okay, so Mississippi State got beat this weekend by Missouri. Missouri's awful, and they, like, I'm talking about, they didn't even just beat us, they drummed us, you know, like, just bang, and they're like, they're 16 to 8, oh, we're out of here, we're out of Start Vegas, guys, and I was sitting there watching the game, I think it was, like, Thursday night, and I was sitting there watching the game, and they had the lead, and I just watched all of our players get up there, and they start swinging and striking out. And I finally yell. I actually did this, Mr. John. Bo, you'll appreciate this. I actually like yelled at my, t- I was watching it on my computer. I yell. I think it was on my cell phone. Stop swinging at junk. Did that wake you up? Okay, there we go. Stop swinging at junk. It's like, what do you mean? They were swinging, and every time, it would be coming right down the middle, and then just, 
this like straight ball, and they just swing. I think Satan is like a good pitcher. And I finally, just, I guess they heard me through the, my phone or the computer or whatever. Then the next, like, three batters, here's what they did. Psh, ball one, psh, ball two, psh, ball three, psh, ball four, take your base. Three batters in a row. They get bases loaded, and some scrub from Mississippi State just gets up there. And it's a little dribbler up the middle. We end up winning the game 6-5, to five, I think, in the first game that we played against Missouri. Why? Because we quit swinging at junk, but a good pitcher, here's what a good pitcher will do. A good pitcher will throw a ball that's 75% of the way, it looks like it's going to be a strike, and then you commit to it, and you lunge for it, and then it goes in the dirt, and you've already swung at junk. I think Satan, many, many times, is like just like that. Anything he has to offer you is junk. But it doesn't look like that most of the time because sin kind of is fun. Anybody want to say, um, anybody want to raise your hand and say, yeah, that, it actually kind of is. Some, sometimes, at some point, sin can be fun. Anybody? Yeah? Oh, yeah. Okay, this is the awkward silence. Yeah, it's a little good. Yes, it is. Yeah, sometimes sin can be uh, temporarily, if you would, fun. I'll give you, um, I'll, I'll, I'll say it like this. Um, I was, this is a little bit personal, but it's fine, okay? I was sitting back there just like five seconds ago, literally like five seconds ago, and it was before I came, and I was sitting back there, and I looked at the crowd, and I said, this may be the slimmest crowd I've ever seen at Blackjack while I've been, while I've been here. And I thought to myself, I'm just being honest with you, I thought to myself, wow, you are a failure. Like, you, you're, like, you're not very good at this preaching thing, buddy. Like, you know, find a new job. And I thought, what am I doing wrong? All these other thoughts. And God, I guess, reminded me, and I had this thought, do you not practice what you preach? You're sitting here thinking about like it all starts with a thought. What's the thought? Your thought is slim crowd, boom, you're a failure. And that's what, G- that's what Satan does, isn't it? It's like you have this, this plus this is this. And I'm saying it all starts with a thought. I had to remind myself, how do you define success? And do you define success? Here it is. Success, simple. It's faithfulness to God. And I thought, well, I have been faithful to God. I've tried my very best in every single aspect. And so at the end of the day, large crowd or big crowd, I've tried and been faithful to God. So I'm okay with that. And you have to let God remind you, hey, these are not my thoughts. These are thoughts of God. You have to have spiritual thoughts. I'll give you this example. Turn with me to Philippians 4.8, this scripture. I didn't mean to say Example. But I was trying. <laughs> okay, Philippians 4.8. Philippians 4.8. Philippians 4.8. If you got it, say amen. If you're still looking, say wait a little bit. Or just flip your pages loud. Okay, I still hear. Okay, okay I, you got it, Cal, you got it. All right, Philippians 4, 8, here it goes, it says this. It says, finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, whatever, uh, whatever these such things are, think about these things. All right? And so that's what you need to do. You need to think about things that are lovely, praiseworthy, noble, all such, such, such and such. I was talking to Mr. John this morning, and Mr. John said, 
with a couple of weeks ago, you quoted James 1 and Romans 8 and Ephesians 4, and it's really impressed me. And so I was going to try to see if I could memorize some James 1. He says, so I memorized it all week, and I got like this much. <laughs> he says, how, you know, how do you do it, Drake? He said, how do you do it? I'll give, it? I'll give you some help. Here you go, all right? Think about things that are lovely, praiseworthy, blah, 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 blah. How do you remember that? It's easy. It says, let PR nap. Who is PR? Uh, public relations, okay? Public relations. Let PR nap. That's all you have to memorize. Let PR nap. You say, let PR nap, okay? L, lovely. E, excellent. T, trustworthy. Let, all right? PR, personal response. Here we go. P, praiseworthy. R, right. Then we have nap, N-A-P, N, noble, A, admirable, and the P. The P is pure. There you go. You memorize it. All, all you got to do is memorize. Let PR nap. And then you can memorize it, but think in your mind, is this noble? Is this right? Is this just? Is this praiseworthy? Is this noble? So on and so forth. And think about these things. Can Think about what you think about. Secondly, I would say this. What I've learned in my life is let's just imagine that this door is temptation. Okay, everybody think about this door being temptation. What I've learned is that the bridge or the road between our thoughts and this temptation, this door to temptation, is often built. Just say amen if you agree with this because I don't know if this is right or not. But often the road or the bridge is built on two things. And this is how we will get from our thoughts to temptation. A, the devil will say something like this. He will do it through morality. So let me explain what I mean. He will say, this isn't even wrong. This isn't even wrong. And so in our lives, we know something is wrong, but when it comes to like maybe we should do it, the devil starts to say, hey, um, or maybe it's just even our thoughts. Start to say, hey, look, this isn't even wrong. Let, let's say you, you want to... Um, Let's say you want to lie, right? You've been caught, um, you did something bad, now you have a way out. The way out is to lie. Well, this lie is just a small lie. It's not going to do anything. It actually will help a lot more people than it will hurt. I'm just going to go ahead and lie anyways. Or let's say you want to commit adultery. Where, well, um, I know the Bible says, you know, don't commit adultery, but it also says love. And, and, and our marriage is struggling. And if I do this, it will really, really, really help my marriage. And I found out the first way that the devil gets us from thoughts to temptation is through making us think that it's right. Do y'all see that? Do y'all see that? Really? Really? Okay, number two is this. He tells us, or maybe our just thoughts, because the Bible says um, Satan is the tempter and temptation comes from our thoughts. So it's both, okay? I want you to know that it's both. The second way is this. First is morality. Second, he says, you deserve this. So we have a bad day at work and we get home and we're frustrated and we go straight to our computer and watch whatever, right? You deserve this. We, um, I'll, I'll give you mine, okay? Here's mine. If I have a bad day or if, if, if something is bad, what, what, uh, you may know this. I'll get in my car and I'll turn on the radio and what will I listen to if I've had a bad day? What? Rap music, you know? I'll be like, and it won't be Christian rap either, okay? Let me just be honest. It'll be like, boom, 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 boom. You'd hear me from like Blackjack Road. I get on and you'd hear me. And I'll, I'll get so mad, just turn the music up. You know, I know it's a sin. I know I shouldn't do it. I say, oh, I'm mad, I deserve this, whatever, whatever. 
And I think that's also a way that we get to temptation. And then we get through the temptation, and we open the door to temptation. But guess what? Is it over once we open the door of temptation? No. Who said no? You said no. Awesome, yes, because it's not over. I just scared you so bad. It's like, okay. I'm weird, I know. Temptation, it's not over. It's not over. It's sometimes it can be like this. Let me say, um, 1 Corinthians chapter 10, it says it like this. It says, God, don't worry, because God is faithful and just, and God will always provide a way out or a way of escape. So just because you've walked through temptation, it doesn't mean that that temptation has to lead to sin. Um, it can oftentimes be like this. For example, let's say you get a call from your friends, and your friends want you to come on a trip to Cancun and spend the weekend up with them at Cancun. And so they call you, and you look on your phone, and you're just like, I remember last time I went to Cancun on a trip with my friends. That kind of wiped out like the last nine months of my spiritual journey. I know I shouldn't go, but it's Cancun. Cancun, baby, it's Jamaica. Man. I don't know where Cancun is, but it's, it's going to be fun. I don't, it's going to be fun. I really, really want to go. And so they call you, and, and, and you know, your way out is huge. You could say, I have another thing to do. My back is hurting. I don't know. You could come up with an excuse. It's kind of like this right here. It's kinda, it, your way out is, is similar to this. Very big gate. You have an easy way out, right? You have an easy way out. Ah, no, I got a key. I got a gate. I'm out. I mean, maybe, maybe when your card got declined <laughs> to book your airfare, maybe that was God trying to say, hey, you know, you don't need to go on this trip. But then let's say you decide to go on the trip and you get to the airport and you're walking up to the airport and you're with all your friends and then so-and-so comes walk, walking up and you remember, Last time so-and-so came, oh my goodness, she wrecked the whole thing. I went so far down the wrong path. I know that if we go here, then she's going to want to go out, and it's not going to be good for me, and I need to get out. I need to get out actually right now. Now, you may have to fake it that you have, um, I don't know, uh, you may have to do something like this. I don't even have my phone. Um, you may have to just pick up your imaginary phone and be like, hello? I'm sorry, I got an emergency, I can't go, you know, and then leave the airport right then. It may, your way out may look something like this. And it often is harder than we think, isn't it? And it's not such a big door. We, the more you walk down, the smaller the door is to get out of temptation. I'm at the airport. It's going to be weird if I just back out. I've already booked a flight. But there's still a door, but it's smaller. And so let's say you take the flight. And now, the, of course, the first night, so-and-so, your friend, that's not really your friend, she says, hey, let's go out, let's go do whatever, whatever. You get in the Uber, and now you're on the way to wherever y'all are going. And you think, okay, i gotta get, I got to get out now. 
Next intersection, pop the car, walk out at the safe intersection when the car stopped, and just walk back to your hotel. They may think you are so weird, Mr. Hutch. They, these are the weirdest. You, uh, you won't believe it. She just got out of the Uber, walked back to the hotel, booked a flight, left us for the whole weekend. But there is still a way out. Maybe it looks something like this. There's always going to be a way out, right? There's, God is just, He is faithful, and He will provide you a way out. The longer you go down, the smaller it gets, the more difficult it gets. You may have to run away and then creep under a fence. It may be harder, but let me tell you, the further that you go along, the shorter the spaces get between the times to get out and the larger the consequences are. The larger the consequences are. But there's always a way out of the spiral and here's what I want to tell you today. You can always get from here. You can always get out of here. Satan's, Satan offers condemnation. God offers conviction. There's a big difference. Conviction says, I did something bad. Condemnation says, I am bad. But I just want to say that um, this, is, this is my sermon. So here we go. All right. Here's just all I want to say is that uh, i got to pull this thing up. Okay. There is another door there is another door and this door is not called temptation and this door is not called our thoughts but as we sit there and we observe we say yeah temptation we could go down there but there is a brand new door and that door is called an invitation and we have an invitation with God we have an invitation to dine with him and the best way to say no to temptation is say yes to the invitation and God is crazy sometimes uh, at least to me and we think and we are even we are I mean crazy we see here look at these two doors and we think I want worth I want love I want joy and I want admiration so I'm going through the door but I'm here to tell you is that joy love admiration worth is all found in that door it's all found in that door invitation with God I'll finish. Um, I know we have the deacon election today, so um, Mr. John's sweating back there. He's like, come on, boy, get finished. All right, you know, come on, land the plane, land the plane. Okay, uh, here's me landing the plane. Um, I, uh, a zebra, a zebra's mom, I, I, I left my notes somewhere. I, actually, I got up here and I saw him. I was like, I would leave him over there. So I've just kind of been like rolling off my brain today, which is uh, normal. But a, a mama zebra will actually... When she has a baby, she will take the zebra away from the herd for about two to three weeks. And she does this because all zebras are black and white. They all look the same, same stripes and everything. The only difference in zebras is the pattern on their heads. It's the only difference. So the mama zebra will take the little baby zebra for two or three weeks and say, hey, you need to get to know me. You need to get, this is what I look like. Get to know me, get to know me. And so that when they come back into the herd, little baby zebra can be playing with this baby zebra friends. And, ah, and 
the baby zebra can look and say, not my mommy, not my mommy, not oh, mommy, there you are. I'm going to my, bye guys, I'm going to my mommy. And it will be able to identify who its mother is. And that's the exact same thing that I think, that's the way that we defeat temptation and sin and the spiral of sin in our life is that we get to know God so that we can say, that's my father. <laughs> hey, father, that's, that's, that's God. And we say yes to the invitation. And so if you are in that loop, I would, I would advise you to do this. I would say take two or three days off at work. Except you, Miss Christie. Okay, I need you tomorrow. <laughs> and then you can take Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday off, all right? She's a, a tax lady, okay? <laughs> a little late, Drake. Yes, I know, all right? I say take some time off. Get away from the family, really. And spend some time with God getting to know, hey, this is, this is my father. And in that, you can, it's going to be a lot easier to say no to the temptation. I think there are three types of people in here today. I think there's the type of people that say, you know what, I've never opened the door to the invitation that God has offered me. And I'd like to do that this morning. I'd like to say yes to God and become a Christian this morning. I think there's a type of person that says, I've been saying, <laughs> I've been saying yes to the temptation, and that's led me down a bad path. And I just want to repent of that this morning. I want, to, I want to say, God, please help me with that this morning. And thirdly, actually, I think there's the type of person in here, and let me just speak frankly, that's really hopeless. Because for the last 61 years, you've been struggling with the same sin and the same sin. And, the same, and you are like, God, how, well, I will never defeat this. And you need, to, you need to come bring that thought to God and say, God, help me renew my mind and only think of things that are just, noble, and pure. And so as Miss Melanie plays and as we end in a time of prayer, um, if that's you and you want to come forward, feel free and we'd, love, and we'd love to. I'll be down here if you want to talk to me as well. And don't forget, we have the deacons um, voting for deacons after. So let's pray. God, thank you for everything that you've given us. God, thank you for letting us be in this moment. We pray. I pray that, <laughs> I pray that you have, have, have somehow spoken through me, God, and that you would uh, use this time and use this moment um, to really reflect on our lives and our sin temptation versus invitation and, and all, all the while dealing with our own thoughts God I pray that you would just help us um, in, in these next couple of moments uh, if you're speaking to us I pray that we respond open our eyes open our ears and we love you so much in your name I pray amen and amen